Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Real Estate. I'm Greg Mayo. And I'm Ryan Hergett. And Greg, I'm excited for this episode. You and I have uh, have been talking about this episode for a little while. We got off on a few tangents before we even started the show about how excited we are to bring everybody the YouTube special on Blue Collar Real Estate. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> it really is. Um, I can't wait to dig in. I, what have you been doing with yourself? Well, we got so, we got some stuff here we're going to talk about that you can do, right? But I want right. to know what you've been doing. All right. So what I have been doing, real estate's actually not died. I've, I've been busy. Thankfully, I've, uh, we've actually helped three people with brand new homes over the last week. Uh, so we're getting ready to put their homes on the market. Things haven't stopped with all the craziness going on. So we've been busy, which gets me out of the house. You know, so I've got a little bit more of a normal routine, but my hands are completely, completely Lysol wiped. Apparently you're not supposed to use those on your hands. And so, <laughs> so, so my disinfectant efforts have, uh, have gotten excessive, but nevertheless, uh, things have been good. Things are, you know, obviously crazy like they are for everybody right now. But I've also, which kind of inspired this episode, I've recently installed a trailer hitch and wiring harness on my wife's Jeep. Nice. All from watching YouTube videos and everything worked. We went out and did a test run the other day. So everything's working just fine. Didn't fall off. Retighten the bolts like the YouTube video said to. So that's what I'm excited about is there's some really cool YouTube videos. And I feel a lot of people just say, oh, I could never do that. Right. Well, we're here to bring you the episode from, you know, from your house's perspective, you know, real estate perspective here. What are the things maybe you can take on yourself? And what are some of the things maybe even after watching YouTube, you still may want to call somebody on, right? Right. And one of the things you definitely need a professional for is, of course, your mortgage, um, which brings us into a really, really awkward segue into our sponsor, <laughs> uh, Stacy Mayo and the Scott Miller team at Ruoff Mortgage. Um, yeah, she's working from home, like I've said, the last couple episodes, and so am I. And she's, she's continuing to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, they're busy. I'm still busy. I'm not as busy as, as I would expect to be right now in the first week of April, but still busy and still doing stuff. Um, occupying myself in the garage. I started writing again on my second novel. Nice. Um, and made some progress on that because there's only so much you can do just sitting in the house. Only so many times you can do the dishes, right? My hands are all jacked up too. Can you see that? Is that too much? Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of fun. Um, and I started doing a blog and I've not posted it. The whole point of it is to kind of chronicle what I'm going through right now. Right. The journey. Uh, so that my kids and my now three grandkids can look at that someday and remember sort of what it was like during this really weird time. But, but, but enough of that. Um, oh, my current novel, which is in publication, I will link it in the bottom because why not? Because you may as well. I, I may as well. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I was outside yesterday uh, walking around. I cut down our ornamental grass. I trimmed up a couple of the trees and I thought well, we really need to talk to folks about what they need to be doing for spring projects around the house. I mean, truly, it's nice out. You know, we're here in central Indiana and yesterday was 65 degrees. I got some nice outside work done. It was just a nice day out. 
And, you know, there, there was a lot of people outside working, naturally keeping their distance. And when they walk by, it's that awkward, should I even acknowledge you? Cause this is weird <laughs> moments, you know, but, but, but nevertheless, you know, there's a lot of people out and looking to do things. You know, I think a lot of people are getting that cabin fever, but also taking things pretty seriously as well and keeping distances. So, so, you know, let's kind of start looking up on the top of the house. Okay. You know, we're in spring right now. Right. And it's windy. You know, it was windy as hell two days ago here in Indiana. And there's a lot of shingles that are blown off roofs. Right. There's a lot of tree branches that are down or like now maybe rubbing and, you know, scratching the roof surface, which makes your roof wear out even faster. You know, there's a lot of leaves that maybe people didn't get cleaned out of their gutters going, you know, you know, coming out of the fall things that create bigger problems, you know, foundation problems, which we'll dive into as well. So we wanted to, you know, just kind of talk about are some of the, these things, things that maybe you can take on yourself. I can personally tell you that, you know, roofing while it's a trade that, you know, it, it's not overly difficult. It does require a degree of bravery to get up on your roof and, you know, be careful doing that. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, there's certainly an element of danger that exists with roofing that maybe it's not for you um, if you're not experienced doing things like that. But if you've got one shingle that's off and your roof pitch is relatively low, maybe that's a project you can watch a YouTube video on and learn how to do that. It's not that difficult of a project and you can certainly save yourself some money, especially the same thing with cleaning out your, your gutters and downspouts, right, Greg? Well, yeah. And, and I tell you a big thing, um, people clean out their gutters in the fall and then they think, well, they're good till next fall. And they're not this time of the year. You don't realize over the winter because you're not outside that much, how much debris and stuff builds up. One of the biggest things for water inside a basement and a crawl space, as you know, Ryan, is downspouts that don't exit from the house. And, and, uh, or and far I, enough away from the house. You're right? a thousand percent right. I'm going to harp on this for anybody that's listening right now. And hopefully everybody takes huge note of this. And that is if you don't get the water away from the foundation of your house, if you are in that house for five years and do nothing about it, you're going to have a problem. Okay. And I'm helping three people literally at this exact same time dealing with this problem right now. And two of them are on slabs and one of them's on a crawl space. And all three of them are dealing with problems that are thousands of dollars that can be avoided by doing exactly what Greg's talking about. Just getting the water away from the house, which starts up top, cleaning out your gutters, making sure that things are flowing properly because the amount of rain that's going to fall over the next two or three months in most parts of the country, it's a huge amount. And if you don't get that water away from your house over time and five years is a lot of time for there to be a lot of problems, water gets in, it freezes, it thaws, and it creates a massive long-term problem that costs you thousands of dollars when now you're trying to sell your house. And that's ugly money, like you always like to call it, Greg. Right. You have to spend because you didn't do a little bit of preventative maintenance. So anyway. And one of the easiest things you can do when you clean the gutters uh, to make sure the downspout is clear all the way down is just take a, a, a gallon milk jug, fill it with water, get up there, you know, while you're cleaning and just dump it right into the downspout. Mm -hmm. I tell people this all the time. If it doesn't exit rapidly out the bottom, you've got a clog. And the reason that's important, no matter how far your downspout extends away from the house, if the water is not getting to that point, it's going to back up right there. Like you said, with all this rain we're going to have, and it's going to overflow right on the corner of your foundation. Mm -hmm. So something very important to check. The next thing we need to talk about while we're outside is siding and exterior trim, right? No doubt. No doubt. This is one of those things that, again, over time, 
if your house has wood trim or wood siding, that stuff, if it does not get painted appropriately, if it doesn't get maintained appropriately, it certainly creates a lot of wood rot around windows, around siding, around trim. So just exterior maintenance goes a long way. And that is, is something as simple as power washing you know, mildew off the north side of your house, which is going to happen in most parts of the country, right? You know, where the, you know, you know, that siding of a house doesn't get as much sunlight on it. And you get a lot of mildew that builds up. So, you know, taking the time right now to do that, go get a power washer, rent, you know, rent a power washer and get that kind of stuff done. Because those are the types of things that if, again, you're thinking about selling your home in a year or two, you want to have that stuff done anyway. Absolutely. And so we've gone from the roof, We've gone down through the siding and trim. We've inspected that. We've cleaned it where, where necessary. So let's talk about the foundation a little bit. Oh, man. Foundations are like my Achilles heel right now. In <laughs> but uh, keep in mind, from a homeowner standpoint, you yeah. walk around the perimeter and you look at the outside, especially if you've got either a, a block foundation or a brick foundation, right? And what are we looking for? You're looking for, you know, in a block or a brick foundation, you're looking for, you know, the massive cracks. You're looking for mortar deterioration. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's the space between blocks or bricks where that mortar starts to crack or starts to fall apart. You're also looking for like shaling brick, you know, shaling brick, meaning, you know, the, the face of the brick is starting to like pop off. And you'll see that a lot on chimneys. You'll see that, you know, less commonly on foundations, but it does exist on foundations as well, obviously. So, you know, those are a few of the things that you're looking at, um, you know, when we're talking about the foundation, you know, if you, you know, happen to be on a crawl space or on a basement. You know, having somebody get down there and really do a thorough examination of that. It's not a bad idea to have somebody down in your crawl space every single year, right? When I was a home inspector, I used to tell people, get down in your crawl space every six months, in the spring and in the fall. Look for water leaks, look for leaks around your toilet if your wax rings failed, um, look for bad piping, you know, anything. But And, and I, I would venture to guess that maybe one in 20 actually did it. Well, it's, 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 it's kind of like changing the, you know, the, the air filter on your furnace, right? It's kind of the same thing. It's, you know, it, it's one of those things that's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And if by doing it once every six months, at least, or one, you know, once every three months, you're going to avoid, a, you know, a lot of those painful out-of-pocket expenses, you know, like dealing with mold in the crawl space or dealing with a furnace that went out prematurely because it literally never had the furnace filter cleaned on it. So we're, you know, we're talking about a lot of home maintenance items, but especially with foundations, because if you're on a crawl space, you're on a, a block or a brick foundation and you're not getting that water away, you're going to inevitably over a period of time and a relatively brief period of time have big problems. And yep. those are things that you can just very simply avoid with a little preventative maintenance. It, it's, it's no different, Greg, than changing the oil in your car. You know, wh you know why do some cars last for 300,000 miles? Because they probably get the oil changed every 5,000 or whatever the manufacturer recommends, right? Right. And if you do that, you're going to get longer use. It's, you're, you're, and, and people's houses are no different than that. And even the expensive components of your house, like the HVAC system, the roof, you know, the foundation, you know, the electrical, I mean, all that stuff has to be maintained and serviced. And those are a lot of things that if you watch enough YouTube videos, you can maybe figure it out. If not, we can certainly get you connected with the right contracting partners that can. So, and so the next item that I want to hit on, and, and you just kind of briefly mentioned it, um, you don't need to watch a YouTube video. You just need to make a phone call. And that is getting your HVAC system serviced. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you need to have a licensed HVAC contractor come out, inspect your system. I have an all electric heat pump. Um, so people make the, the bad assumption that with an all electric heat pump, you don't have to do a lot to it unless it breaks. And that's not true. You have a, a contractor come out, they're going to inspect your AC unit. They're going to clean the fins, make sure everything's running properly, check the evaporator coils inside the system, um, stuff that the average person should not do themselves, right? Absolutely. But it needs to be done because what happens inevitably, and you can talk to my buddy, Mike Warren of Warren Mechanical or any HVAC contractor, and they'll tell you, people wait until it breaks. And then when it's 95 degrees outside and their stuff's broken, so are a thousand other people's. Yep. Yep. You want service today, they're backed up for a week. You know what I mean? So take care of those preventative maintenance items now. Um, another thing we can do that I want to talk about that'll take us inside and outside the house is clean your windows. It is amazing the difference that clean windows make. It's one of those things where I, I you know, you don't always think about that, right? Thinking about things that maybe get neglected every year. Well, this was going back to just shoot three, four months ago, I uh, bought a house that we are redoing to, you know, turn around and resell here when everything's get back to normal again. And with this, we just simply cleaned the windows and it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. How just, you know, a little Lysol on both sides of the window, not just the insides, it changed everything. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I mean, you could, you, it went from like, it wasn't bright in here to, it was kind of bright and it's kind of the same thing with your car, right? If you don't clean, clean both sides of that, it's it, it you just don't realize the impact and how much light light loss is there sometimes so anyway i just went through that personally so i geeked out on that one sorry <laughs> and no that's awesome and one of the best things to use to clean windows my grandma used to do this um is hot water and vinegar mm -hmm. it it stinks she used to clean the inside of the car windows with them and then drive me somewhere but it stinks <laughs> for a minute but it does a hell of a job and while you're doing your windows on the outside Look around where the window meets either the siding, the trim, the brick, the stone, whatever, the other surface, um, and go ahead and caulk that if you start seeing cracks or whatever. Because again, just like we talked about with siding and the roof and the foundation, we want to stop water inf infiltration wherever we can, right? That's the goal. That's simply the goal. I mean, when you stop the water, you stop so many of the other problems that ultimately, you know, end up, uh, you know, happening because of water getting in areas where it shouldn't over an extended period of time. So let's also talk about, you know, this time of the year, you know, we mentioned power washing, you know, some of the siding and stuff like that earlier. It's also a great time to do that, you know, with your deck. You know, this is a great time of the year to start getting deck projects done. You know, I know a lot of times they want to see, you know, staining done. You know, when, you know, when the temperatures are a little bit warmer, I think we've kind of reached that threshold now for a lot of people. So it's, it, it's really that time of year where you can start getting a lot of that exterior work done. So tell us about that. What are maybe if, if somebody needs to get the algae off their house or they need to, you know, get their deck stained, you know, restained or repainted, is there any chemicals that they need to use or detergents they need to use, or is it just something a good old power washer will do in itself, Greg? You know, the cool thing about that in the modern world we live in is we don't have to invent stuff. And what I mean is for cleaning a deck, for getting the moss off of it, um, or just just in general, getting it ready for stain, they make, uh, I, I thought I had a bottle still up on the shelf. I'm, I'm out in the shop and I don't anymore. I was going to bring it over and <laughs> use water. Um, but you can go to any big box store, um, any home repair retailer or whatever you want to call it 
and you can grab a gallon of literally deck power washer. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a detergent based cleaner that will clean all the crap off your deck. Uh, it's maybe, I think the last time I bought a jug, it was like 18 or 20 bucks for a jug of it. That was enough for me to do three decks with yep. back when I was a contractor. Um, so you do that. Now the important thing to remember before you stain after you've power washed it is you have to let it dry, not power wash it in the morning. And then you're good to go that afternoon. You need to wait a couple days. All right. I made that mistake once, Greg wasted a lot of paint Ended up having <laughs> to repower wash. It was bad. It was a bad afternoon. So, and it, you know, here's the other thing. When I was building decks, uh, back when I was a contractor and I went through a couple summers where I'd build them one after another, after another, after another, it was crazy. And I would talk to people about, okay, you wanted a wood deck, you know, pressure treated Southern yellow pine or cedar or whatever, but you wanted wood. Here's what you have to do to maintain this deck. And it's about sealing. It's about staining when it's appropriate. Um, if I built a deck first week in November this past year, hopefully my homeowner didn't try to seal it because all that, especially a pressure treated deck, because all that moisture has got to get out. Right. But here's the problem. People get a deck build. that looks nice. It smells nice, whatever. And it fresh cut wood smells nice. But anyway, um, and they don't do the maintenance. And so three, four years down the road, their deck's starting to rot. It's starting to pull away. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I did a deck for a lady. Um, it's about seven years ago now. And I gave her a list. I had gotten to the point where I printed out a list of what you need to do based on when I built your deck, right? Over the next 12 months. She didn't do any of it. Four years after I built this deck, I got a call from her. She wanted me to come look at it. So I did. It looked like hammered crap. She wanted me to replace all the deck boards at no charge. She had done nothing. She hadn't sealed it, stained it, washed it. I mean, nothing. So wood is a product um, that can be outside. And we've got 200-year-old homes in the city that have wood siding that still looks great. But you have to take care of it. Yep. And now, since you're, we're all sequestered at home and you have nothing better to do, take care of the deck. That's all I'm saying. I'll get off my soapbox. Greg's passionate about the deck projects. I get that. I get that completely. <laughs> but when you do take care of things like that, it's, you know, not only a, an inexpensive way to protect the investment you just made, you know, which is obviously important to everybody, but, you know, hell, it's going to look better for a long, long time. And things like that are expensive to replace. So simply put, protect your deck. Let's move to the rest of the outside. I know there's some topics here that a lot of people are excited about. It's not specifically my alley. Um, I prefer brand new stuff that's maybe a condo that has no yard. That works better <laughs> for my personality. But uh, I know there's a lot of people that really enjoy the yard, that enjoy gardening. My, you know, my mom's one. She literally her entire backyard is a garden. You know, she loves growing the stuff. I love going going over there and uh, getting my jalapenos and habanero peppers. But Nevertheless, it's not for me. And but so much cool stuff you can do with your yard. There's so many people that have really taken advantage of this. I know so many people that have that, that are growing nice gardens now so they can make their own salsas. I mean, there's all these cool things people are doing with outdoor space right now. So let's dive into that. What are some of the things that people can do to not only protect their lawn, make sure that they're getting the most out of that, but also maybe creative ways to use that outdoor space when it comes to gardens, flowers, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, the first thing we need to talk about is something that we all should have done in the fall after our last cut. Uh, have you cut your lawn yet this year? I haven't called anybody to cut my lawn yet this year. I got a mower. You can borrow it. Um, 
Oh, I'm good. Anyway, one of the first things, if you have, if you didn't do it over the fall, you need to change the oil in your mower. Make sure the deck's all clean. The underside, where the blade is, you want to sharpen the blade. You want to put fresh gas in it. Um, and every spring, the underside, I spray down with WD-40, the whole inside of the where the blade is. Uh, it's a trick I learned from my dad when I was a kid, watching him do it. So that's the first thing, if you haven't done it yet. Change your spark plug, too, while you're at it. It's that like helps. $2. That helps a lot. Most people don't think of that, but it does help a lot. Yeah. Um, so... Cause you're going to start mowing, right? One of well, or hire it. One of the things that I encourage people to do right now before stuff gets too alive and overgrown is go ahead and edge your sidewalks and your driveway. Now you can get a gas power edger for two or $300. A walk behind. Um, you can use your weed eater, a string trimmer, you know, unless it's really, really bad. And then it'll take a while. Um, you can use a ditch spade just a flat shovel. They're narrow and they're long and flat about like that. Um, they also make these edgers. They're really cool. I don't have one. Um, my older brother does though, but it's a wheel. And then it's got a cutting blade that sticks out further in the wheel mm -hmm. and it's on a long pole and you just walk along and manually cut it. Either way, now's the time of the year to do that. You also want to start your spring program right now. Now, what do I mean by spring program? I have no feed, idea. Feed, feed, grub control. Um, I spent a good chunk of my 20s in the lawn and landscape world, um, and I just love it. I still, when I drive down the road and there's been a fresh application somewhere and my window's down and I can smell it, I just, just breathe it in, <laughs> uh, all that pentamethylene. Now, um, but you want to fertilize and do weed control, um, preferably granular. And uh, you also want to do a grub control if you're in an area prone to grubs. Now, grubs really, really like bluegrass roots. So if you have a lot of bluegrass in your lawn, and you may not know whether you do or not, typically in Indiana, lawns are largely um, fescue, rye, and bluegrass with some zoysia here and there, which zoysia is a nasty grass, which is actually most of my backyard. But anyway, there are also organic lawn care programs now. Um, we can use organic fertilizers. There are organic weed controls. And I, I'll say this and I'll quit droning. I just, I get geeked out when I talk about lawns, but one of the best things you can do to eliminate or prevent weeds in your lawn is to have your grass as thick as possible. One of the best ways to do that is to skip the chemicals this spring. Don't put down any weed control, no grub control. Um, aerate your lawn. You can rent an aerator for like 60 bucks for a day and then overseed and then fertilize. The thicker your grass is, the less room there is for weeds. I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, uh, Lawn and Landscape 101 and 201 course right there. So uh, we'll be charging everybody's credit card $29.95 here in a few minutes. So anyway. <laughs> so now as as we kind of wrap this episode up here, you know, I, you know, just kind of recapping, you know, we've, we, you know, I think we can both agree, Greg, that so much of all of this home maintenance really starts up top. You know, you've got to control what happens with the water that starts on your roof, that starts with your gutters, making sure things are draining appropriately, getting it away from your foundation to avoid some of those challenges. If there are things, you know, that are starting to create 
challenges with the foundation. You know, you talked about those, the cracks and, you know, the mortar joints. You talked about, you know, we talked about the shaling brick. If you have a brick foundation, you know, we talked about getting somebody in your crawl space, right? Just to take a look at things and, you know, where are you at having those six month tune-ups on every single component of your house, including, you know, the HVAC system, right? You know, having somebody come out and take a look at that stuff and then, you know, YouTubing and figuring out what else do you need to do to maybe, you know, Greg mentioned some power wash stain to keep things clean, you know, the vinegar route, you know, the, you know, clean the windows. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of things that you can do to take advantage of the time that we all have right now to get your home in tip top shape. So that way, when things are back to normal a little bit, we can get it sold for you. And, and I just, I got to mention one more thing. And there's a couple other things we were going to talk about. We'll save to next episode when it gets a little closer, but I got to talk about flowers and mulch. All right. Let's talk flowers and mulch. And tell the me, reason is, look, tell me about we all mulch. love this time of the year when everything starts coming alive and turning green again, right? Um, what a better way to add some color, some bright, vibrant colors to your, to your exterior, to your landscape than by planting some flowers. What and kind of flowers easy. are the easiest to plant that require the least maintenance? Because I have to plant flowers. So I'm going to ask a selfish question right here. Pansies. Kind of pansies. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, pansies. You can get them in so many different colors. They're not all expensive right. at all. They're easy to plant. You go about that deep in the soil, pack them in. I, I usually put a sprinkle of organic fertilizer in them, get them a little bit of water and boom, they take off. And they stay beautiful and colorful for several, several weeks. While you're planting those flowers, Ryan, uh, let's go ahead and get some mulch down. Now, here, here's my big pet peeve with mulch. Uh -oh. and, and if you're watching, I'm, I'm talking to you. Do not use stained mulch. What kind of mulch should we use? Anything natural. Um, I use a mulch. It comes out black, but it's not stained black. But it is just a peat mulch. Um, because part of the reason for mulch is to keep moisture in the soil for the plants. Part of it is to, uh, the, as the mulch breaks down, then those micronutrients get down into your soil and into your plants. If you use stain mulch, you've just taken a natural product and dumped a bunch of chemicals on it and then put it in your lawn. Mm. Why in the hell would you do that? Well, they don't tell you about that when you buy it. It looks good <laughs> on the packaging. So <laughs> Anyway. So there you have I, it. There's I, your tip to top off the show right there. So. Yeah. I, I think that's probably enough for today. I would like to thank Jason for holding down the fort there in the studio while we're uh, physically absent from his glorious presence. And, One and I'd like to thank again, our sponsor, um, Stacy Mayo and the Scott Miller team at Ruoff Mortgage and Brian, thank you for your good cheer and being here. Oh, it's always a good time, Greg. So that'll do it for the latest edition of, of Blue Collar Real Estate. If there's anything else you need from Greg or I, all of our contact info will be below. And uh, if you took anything away from this, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Get uh, always enjoy hearing from people, get feedback, and uh, give us some new topics to do the show on as we uh, keep this thing, keep this train moving forward. So thanks again, everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah.